1: He was
2: open and real. And he really invited close scrutiny. He would say to these people, just take a shot at me. Take a look at who I am. He wasn't afraid of people looking at him. He would say to them, he would say to us many times, I haven't arrived yet. Here's what I'm doing. That's a real person. You hear me many times say, I've been a Christian 60 years. I'm still working on it. I haven't got there in every area of my life for sure. And you'll hear me and any of the other pastors here. See, we want to be real to you. You have to see who we are. We're just
0: humans exactly like you. When you're a young parent and you realize that your kids can see when you're not being quite consistent between what you say and what you do, it's kind of scary. You want to be honest with them about who you are, but nobody likes to be called out for their failings. Eventually, you learn to use those moments to talk to your children about sin and God's grace. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that that's how good leaders behave. They don't pretend to be perfect, but they're humble and trying to be more like Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 13 as he continues his message, responding to godly leadership.
2: our country's going down the tubes, and everybody's fighting within. There's no unity. Can't work with that person across the, the republic, and they're a democrat, or whatever. And that's exactly what's happened in the church. So we have to watch, as we lead, that we focus on the major things. And the major things are not these small issues that everybody has those issues. Who cares about those issues? And the longer I'm a pastor, the more adamant I am at unity, because that's when we have the energy to fight the enemy. And I want to thank you that we're in unity in this church. And that's a blessed thing. Notice he says, live in peace with one another. Now, what are some practical ways? Well, I've already talked to you. But some other practical ways. And when I mention these things, don't do these to me. You already do these things to me. But sometimes the other guys don't get this. Look at just practical ways. Tell them from time to time. How they've impacted your life. In person, send them a card, an email, whatever. You can invite them out for dinner sometime or over to your house for dinner. They would love to that. The elders, the pastors, show them your appreciation. We're not any different than you guys. We're exactly the same. But sometimes that's just a practical way. Spiritually, I already showed you all of those things. If you realize that there is somebody over you and you'll just be fine with that and you respect that person that whole group of people that are doing it and uh, and and that person is the one who is the man of God and stays with the word of God and the elders doing this church then you can be at peace and you can just trust their judgment bottom line if you're changing if you're becoming more like Jesus every day that's the greatest way to respect and appreciate your leaders. It's not a word that comes from you. It's when we look out, see you with your Bibles, journaling, changing, inviting people. Good. Back to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. Notice. Second, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Number two, not only to respect your leaders, but you're to imitate them. Notice the first thing, if you're a leader, you're to be a man of faith. That's huge. That's a challenge to me. The writer encourages these people to follow their leader's lifestyle. Now, our real leader is Jesus Christ. Paul would say that every Authentic leader would always do exactly like Paul says. 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says this. Follow my example as I followed the example of Christ. So you can't follow me. You can't follow the other pastors or the other elders in this church if we're not following Christ, i.e. Jim Jones. There should have been alarms going off everywhere. But the people weren't well taught. So they didn't understand. That's why there's cults. That's why there are all these things, because people aren't taught the Word of God. Specifically, they can't feed themselves, so they just say, well, that must be right from somebody. That's how it happens. So our goal is not to do that. Now, again, I need you to turn, because it's important you see this in the Scripture. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul himself, keep your finger, we'll be right back. Paul himself was an open book. what do I mean by an open book? It just means that what you saw is who he is. There's not this hidden agenda. There's not this kind of side issue. He isn't going to be caught in some kind of thing that people would be shocked about. And his disciples that really were close to him, they knew he was real. Now, he wasn't perfect. There are no perfect leaders. We're humans. Certainly never. But he was transparent, and he was open and real, and he really invited close scrutiny. He would say to these people, just take a shot at me. Take a look at who I am. He wasn't afraid of people looking at him. He would say to them, he would say to us many times, I haven't arrived yet. Here's what I'm doing. That's a real person. You hear me many times say, I've been a Christian 60 years. I'm still working on it. I haven't got there in every area of my life for sure. And you'll hear me and any of the other pastors here. See, we want to be real to you. You have to see who we are. We're just humans exactly like you. Now look at verse 10, 2 Timothy 3, verse 10. You, however, know about my teaching. You know about my way of life. You know about my purpose. You know about my faith. You know about my patience. You know about my love. You know about my endurance. You know about my persecutions. You know about my sufferings. And what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from them all. Isn't that amazing? He says, every one of those you know what kind of man I am, you know my lifestyle, you know my purpose, you know my faith. You know me. That's huge. Now, how did they know him? One, he was real. Two, he was around the people. That's what we try to do. All the leaders here, we try to be around you. We try to be in your homes, we try to visit you, we try to counsel you, we do those things. After every service I spend time down here, many of the other pastors and elders are in the altar counseling room, or they'll be over here and they'll be ministering. All the other guys, the youth guys that are here, they're around their kids, fusion around those people, singles leaders around their people. We're people lovers, we have to be people lovers, that's the business we're in, leading people. And our goal is for you to know us and understand that we're human. And certainly, you can just look at us and go, whoa, what kind of leader is that I'm following? Well, hopefully somebody that's following Jesus Christ. There's one thing at the end of this verse that's huge for me. Notice what Paul says. He lists all these persecutions. If you had a leader that listed all these persecutions, all these things he suffered, and his last words were this, And please pray for me. It's a terrible thing to serve Jesus Christ. (laughs) How'd you like that leader? That encourages you, doesn't it? All right, I want to follow that leader. So what I want to say to you, and this has nothing to do with personality. A leader has to be a positive person. What keeps a person from being positive in the church? Selfishness for themselves and two. And Paul always was after it. You know what it is? Legalism. Legalism will drain every ounce of joy out of you, and you won't be able, And Paul at the end of that would have went, uh, 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 uh. And who wants to follow that? Notice the charisma of some of the people that you're watching on television. See. You want a leader that believes, whether you can believe, some of that is a whole different thing. But you want a positive leader. You want somebody. Paul would have been a great guy to be around. I mean, look at the stuff he went through. And Jesus would have been a great person to be around. Some of you think, well, he was saying a man of sorrows. Yes, he was. But he had a ball with those disciples. Who could not? Look at the guys that were following him. Great sense of humor. All right. So two things to write. Number one, leader, you be a model to follow. Leadership extends to the home. That's the base unit. Church isn't the base unit. Base unit's the home. But this isn't about the home. But it does apply. So, if you're a husband or a wife, as a team, specifically husband initially, you should be a model for your kids. You should be a model for your wife. You know what's happened in the church? This is amazing. We have to take our laundry out sometimes, don't we? Because it's destroyed lots of people. If you've been around the church a long time, here's what you've discovered. Some of the leaders in the church who were looked up as great leaders in the church were disasters in the home. You follow what I'm saying? Total disaster. Beat their wife, cheated on their wife, never around their kids, nothing. But in public in the church, wow. That's a disaster. So leadership, of course, starts personally with you as an individual, then the home, then the church. Second, if you're a follower, be careful. Respect us, but don't expect us to be perfect. Now, that's not a license for leaders to sin. That just means that we are not perfect. You already know that. Back to Hebrews. Now, Hebrews 13, 17. What's the third thing we do? Verse 17, obey your leaders. That's number three. So we respect them, remember, appreciate them. And now number three, we obey. Remember, God has two groups of people, leaders and followers. If you have a bad leader, it's going to be a difficult thing. If you have a good leader, that's a great thing. But you can have bad followers or good followers. So there's an amazing mix of things that can happen there. Of course, bad leaders and bad followers, goal of Satan. Good leaders, good followers, goal of God. That's what he wants. Now, let me read to you Matthew 15, 14. What if we have a bad leader? Well, Jesus spoke about it. Leave them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into the pit. Good leaders, good followers, the gold of God. If a leader is godly, submitted to the rule of God, and God says followers are to obey those godly leaders who have the rule over them. The nature of sinful man Is rebellion. So sometimes that's hard. But the way an organization, like a church, which is a body, a living body, the way it functions is just like I said. God gives godly leaders the authority to tell people from the scripture how to live, how to walk, how to do life right. They not only teach them, they model it knowing that the people are looking at those leaders. Now, what's the danger of obeying a leader? I already gave you one. Did you remember it? Kool-Aid. All of a sudden, we have the disaster of all these people dying. What's another one? Well, some of you don't have a lot of history in church. Let me go back to the 70s and 80s. We had a movement... That took the scriptures and went way out of bounds with them, and it was called the shepherding movement. Anybody of you remember the shepherding movement? Some of you here have history. Okay, some of the rest of you go like shepherding. What was that? Let me explain to you what it was. We had a group of people, many actually started in Fort Lauderdale. I won't mention the names; it's not important. But I was early in church leadership and saw this disaster happening in our churches. Not our church, but other churches. These people got together and they took these principles and they extended it to that they really abused that. And they would say to you at a church, John and Judy, you want to get married? Really? Let me think about it. I'll have to pray and see if that's the right person for you. And that extended over and over that. My car needs waxing and washing this weekend. Let's see, Pete, 2 o'clock Sunday. Thanks so much. And that's the way it went. And pretty soon, they were lording it over these people. And the other people just went and served and said, well, that's my, that's my authority. I have to answer to him. And it just went way off the deep end. Now, the opposite of that is what we find in the book of Judges. Book of Judges said it came to a time when every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And of course, what happened to the whole nation of Israel? Down. No leadership, nobody following, bad shepherds, no shepherds. So there's a balance to all of this. Peter says this, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. So the shepherd has to be godly before you would submit to him. And of course, Earl Paul, up in Atlanta, and all the sexual things that happen with that church over the generation. It's just amazing what people will do to follow a leader when what they're asking them to do is 100% against the word of God. But that just shows you how the enemy can take a good principle and make it bad. All right. Notice also in verse 17, obey your leaders, and second, submit to their principles authority. So that's the next. That's number four. Submit to your leaders. Paul says the people in the church have the responsibility not only to obey them, but to submit to their authority. Now, it's interesting to me, by and large, in the church, and by the way, it's really a pleasure to teach us to you because We really don't have these issues. It'd be very difficult if I had to stand up here and we had this rebellious church and nobody was listening, everybody's doing their thing. It'd be very hard for me to do that. But it's not hard for me to do that. So know that I'm just educating you tonight. But it's good principles. But second, think about this. In the world, do we live by submitting to authority? Do we? Some of you do. The rest of you don't have jobs, I guess. I don't know. I mean, when you come to a red light, do you submit to authority? Yes, you do. Stop sign, speed limit. Whoa. Gone to meddling again now, huh? Okay. At work, when the boss says, I need this by 5 o'clock, do you say, well, who are you? You might once and then be what? Gone. So isn't it amazing? In the world, we understand that perfectly. But when sometimes it comes into a church, not the problem in this church, understand, not a problem in this church, but when it comes into as many churches, people go, well, who am I going to, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? Over me? What does Paul say? Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm over you in the Lord. And I'm going to try to be a good godly role model. So understand, that rebellion is amazing that it it would extend itself to the church. Again, we're wonderful because we don't have that. What is that submission? You know my, my definition of submission. There's a million of them. But mine is a willing attitude that wants to cooperate. And that's just who you guys are. You're just incredible. You're beautiful. You want to submit. And it's just a great picture. Now, who learns number four first? in a church. Submit to your leader. Who learns that first? The leader. See, if I'm not submitted, number one, to God, you don't want me as a leader. Everything is off now because I have to be under authority myself. That's what keeps me straight. So the eldership that's balanced and checks for us as well as the elders, We we all kind of flow together. Again, bottom line, there is one leader That will have to finally stand and go, no, this is the way we're going, if issues come. That just doesn't really happen here. Very rare that that happens in our leadership. Happened a few times, but very rare over all those years. Who wants that to happen? Same as your home, I've told you many times before. There has to be submission for the wife to the husband. But that that husband must love his wife. And so, how often do you play that submission card? Very rarely. Why? Because you're flowing together as a team. So if you play that card often, there's something wrong in the relationship. Same in a church. So we don't have those issues. But see, unless myself and the other elders are submitted to God and to each other, how can we say to you, submit to us? We can't. One of the things that I challenge the pastors with, and the elders, often because of the dangers in the church, I will say to them, the elders and the pastors, the day that I'm no longer your pastor, your pastor is the day you need to resign. Because see, then they're submitted where? To someone else. It'll never work. The whole thing goes down the hill. You say, well, that's pretty strong. No, that's biblical. You think Timothy could say to Paul, well, Paul, you know, I'm really not into you. I don't think so. Paul would take him to the woodshed. So there's a principle that has to be there for all of us. And I have to be the same way. Now, what is the abuse when you have one leader? The abuse is that person, if he wants to play his political cards, can move himself to a place where he doesn't want any eldership. And I've been in a place many years ago, won't tell you where, where the pastor... Fired all the board members. I was one of the board members, by the way. That's how one of our churches got started. Many, 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 many months later, never because of that. Just God just orchestrated it. But the organization that was over, that went along with that man. That church today has never, ever, ever prospered. You know why? Because it was an abuse. It took away the balance that was there. So I want to say thank you again because we have that kind of leadership that flows together god knows how to move people off if for some reason it doesn't flow but we do that so first thing is before you think about submitting to the leadership of your church you want to make sure that your leaders are submitted to god how can you tell that by their lifestyle you can see that you can know them now let me read to you this as you think about people don't submit, God knows how to take them and move them around. Remember when God called Moses initially? God called Moses and says, Moses, I want you to lead the children out. What did Moses finally say? Uh, how about picking somebody else? So there was a problem, wasn't there? God had to what? Work at his submission because he wasn't submitted to God. God had to work with it. And eventually, I think some of the problems that Moses saw was like, Oh, that was a picture of me. Because remember, who do the people go to all the time? Moses. What's wrong with you, Moses? What are you doing there, Moses? How can we do this? And then, of course, Moses had trouble with Aaron, with Miriam, other leaders. Some of that went right back to the other place. First Thessalonians 5.12 says this. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, remember, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. That's hard admonishing is hard, but that is a role of a leader. A role of a leader is to keep focused on the whole picture. That's the responsibility of the leader. And submission and learning to lead from the second, third, or fourth chair is a huge blessing to the leader in charge.
0: Today, Pastor Mark taught about the responsibility that God's given church leadership. He also told you about the greater judgment that church leaders will have before God. You found out how you can be an encouragement to your local pastor and elders. You were reminded that they're just people like you are. They just have a different spiritual gift than you do. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up his teaching, Responding to Godly Leadership. He'll talk about the responsibility the followers have to the church leadership. He'll be using that uncomfortable word, submission. You'll hear how God defines submission and how your submission to your leadership is only one part of a train of submission that begins with Jesus. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear Your